Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, Pastor, this is week 12 as we look at making the most of what you do when you're in a foreign land, and it's going to be exciting to talk about that today. We're going to be talking today with a Christian who was in a foreign land, especially she was in the East living as a coach. So let's look at three life lessons from living in the East, and it has a way of changing us, doesn't it, Pastor Absolutely. Tommy? So Trey, remind us, you and your wife, when you started ministry, you started ministry on uh, the on the field, you were living in a foreign context. You were in yes. Africa. Yeah, we were we were in Swaziland, Africa, which is southern Africa, uh, in inside of uh, inside of so- South Africa, but a separate country. And uh, I don't think that I was completely ready. I know my wife was not completely ready for the changes that we would experience, the way people respond, react. Uh, just a simple thing: I'm left-handed, mm. and that is almost that is considered a curse in Africa to be left-handed. So I had to learn to ever do everything on my right hand. So just simple things like that that you never even thought of right, until right, you got right. there. So Yeah, and I haven't lived internationally, but I've been on a number of international trips. And, and man, yeah, just cultures are different. And learning how to uh, speak to people uh, through cultural barriers mm. is significant, right? And, and so for us here at Northwood, last couple of months, we've been walking through the book of Acts. And we're getting ready in our study of the book of Acts to see the church really expand to be an international movement. In fact, this Sunday at Northwood, we're looking at Acts chapter 10, where Peter has the opportunity to share the gospel with a man named Cornelius, yes. who was a Roman centurion, uh, someone really that, that Peter should have hated because of uh, the Roman oppression that was taking place in, in Judea and all those things. But, but, but for Peter to begin to reach Cornelius and other Gentiles with the gospel, Peter and the believers in Jerusalem were going to have to cross some major cultural barriers, right? And, and here's why I know from my experience, and you know it from your experience as well, Trey, that when you are in a foreign context as a believer in Jesus Christ, living out your faith the best you can in that context, and God uses that to teach you a lot of things about yourself and a lot of things about him, right? Oh, I uh, bet when you were in Africa, you learned a lot of lessons about God just from being in a foreign context where you were trying to live out your faith in a foreign context. Well, when you know the way that they think of God and then the way it, he has affected them mm. living in a third world country and uh, their, their dependence on God was just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, everything from the rains to everything else that we just take for granted. Right. And uh, just to see that happen and see that they believe in this big God that really can do things. Right, right, right. And, right. Um, it, you know, it's just a huge life change for us. Yeah, and so here at Northwood, we'd like to send teams out on a regular basis to various parts of the world because we want people to live on mission, obviously, and we want to give them an opportunity to live on mission in a different context. But but really, one of the reasons why we also send teams out uh, to, to do mission work across the world is because we want them to, to have an experience where they see, you know, America is not the only place in the world, and that when you are in that uh, foreign context, it really does open your eyes uh, to, to the ways that God works. It opens your eyes to lostness. Oftentimes, you come back from a, a short-term 
term experience and you have a, a completely different perspective of how God works in, in, in his world. You have a completely different perspective of lostness. It's just very helpful to have uh, that experience. Well, I was, you know, I think before I went to Africa, I was American first. Mm. I don't know how to say that, yeah. but I recognized all of a sudden that all the things that I assumed being American are just not the case over there. Right, right. They don't, they don't understand. They don't, you know, they didn't grow up like I did. And so I had to say, I got to be a believer first. Mm. And yes, I am American, but I want to be a believer mm. and I want to pour into their lives as a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm right. not trying to win them over to American holidays or win them over to American stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to literally immerse myself in their mm. culture. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Did. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, we have an opportunity today, have a unique conversation with a lady who's a friend of mine who lived in a foreign context for a number of years and 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 served as a coach, coached uh, basketball. And she's going to tell us a little about her story, but lived as a believer in an area where it's difficult to be a believer. And I know she's learned a lot through that and going to share some of those lessons with us. Her name is Deb. Uh, Deb, welcome. Hi, thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> so Deb actually went to school with my wife, and so they've known each other for a number of years, and so I, I've met Deb through uh, my wife, and, and God has brought her to the low country for a season, uh, but she did. Deb, tell us a little bit of your story, where where you were, what you did. Give us a little background. Yeah, I, um, I grew up in South America and then went to university in the States, and um, yeah, then after that, wanted to continue life overseas. And specifically had been a basketball player and wanted to continue that in coaching, but in international context. And so God was able to lead me to go to some pretty fun places. So I was in uh, South Asia, then, <clears throat> excuse me, also in the Middle East, um, where I was able to just work as a basketball coach in schools and clubs, universities, uh, different contexts, and get to engage kids on a regular basis and get to know the culture there. So it's pretty fun. So most of your life has been spent in an international context. You've spent more years overseas than you've spent in the States, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so you have a unique perspective then on mm. the work of God around the world, and, and, and you've got some things you can share with us and teach us. So Trey, kick us off. What are we talking about? All right, we're going to look at three life lessons, and the first one is that I think you determined that His Word, the Word of God, is enough. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's interesting because... Coming back to the States, you're really, when you've lived overseas a lot and in places where there's not so much of a presence of Christ, you kind of, some things really stand out to you more than others. I think that living in the States, people aren't familiar with or just take for granted. And one of those is just, you know, you have Christian bookstores here mm. that you don't have in a lot of places of the world. You walk in the bookstore and it's like, I'm just looking for a Bible, but there's like 20 kinds of Bibles, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, you know, and then you go into people have you know, they're studying, they say they're studying the word, but you go in and they're just reading some book alongside of it. And there's all kinds of opportunities and resources and that's great. But I found that living in a village in the Middle East mm. where, you know, church was just me on mm. Sundays mm. hanging out. And I found all I had was the word of God. Mm. And I realized, you know, that's enough. Yeah. Just diving into the word and hanging out with him on a regular basis, that's enough to grow your faith. And that's actually where my faith grew the strongest was through that mm. and being able to watch others kind of grow through that. When the only resource you have is the word of God, you realize that it truly is, you know, as it says in second Peter, that his divine, you know, he's given us enough 
for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. So being in that context where all you had was the word of God, living in a village, and sometimes you were the only one worshiping on a Sunday morning because there wasn't a, a, a church presence there. Um, coming back to the States, how has that affected the way that you stay the word of God here in an environment where there is a variety of resources, or there are a variety of Christian resources, bookstores, Amazon.com, whatever the case may be. How, how has that shaped the way that you study the word here? Well, I think it's great to have those resources and that those are available. I mean, we're very blessed here in America to have those, but I found it just, it makes me want to continue to go deeper into the word, Yeah, you know, to use those resources in a way, but that drives me deeper. Um, and I, I want to focus more on, you know, just promoting the word of God and the power that it holds in and of itself so that we don't get distracted as believers here in the States looking at uh, outside resources too much. Yeah. So, so as you study the word, give us an idea. Okay. You're there on Sunday morning, you're studying the word of God or whatever day you, you, you go to the Lord and we talk about life lessons. So what is maybe something that you remember studying? You had that aha moment maybe as you were studying the word. Well, I think actually, um, kind of in a different context to go with that, but, uh, I think where it really impacted me was in just sharing with friends I made there mm. in the village. I remember one, one girl in particular that she actually was a Christian background there in South Asia, but she was praying to different saints. Mm. And so we'd been talking about that a bit and she'd say, okay, I have to pray to the saints. So I can't go today cause it's, mm. you know, this saints holy day. And then I just kind of, I just kind of told her, I was like, Hey, would you, you know, stop praying to the saints if I came and prayed with you every day or something. <laughs> she was like, do you do that? You know? Yeah, cool. So then we started getting together and just, I'd, I'd pray with her. And then she wanted to get to know the Bible more. Mm. So I introduced her to that, even though she was like a, I guess a cultural Christian, you could say. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking at, at the word and that's literally all that I had to guide her with. And one of the cool things was watching her just be amazed at the word of God. Wow. I mean, little yeah. stories that, you know, we've always heard of, Jonah and mm-hmm. the whale. And to her, it was like, I'd go and get with her one day and she was like, Hey, I was reading and like the fish, he was this big, you know, how is this? And how is what, what he is doing inside fish for three days? You know, what is this? And then, you know, and, and David only three stone and he's throwing one big, big giant and boom, he is dead. What is this? How is this happening? You know, so she was shocked and amazed yeah. at the word of God, things that we take for granted and we hear so often. And I think the biggest thing was when that I remember the day when she read, um, I believe it's Psalm uh, 23, just the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And to us, you know, we hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's a great Psalm and everything. But one day when I went to visit her and she came to me, she's like, you know, I was reading and I don't know what happened. I just started I was crying and that tears are coming and it is in my Bible and I don't know, you know, what is this and why I am crying and I am not sad. There is no any problem. You know what happened? And I'm thinking, I don't know why you're crying, you know, but then God just revealed to me. He's like, you know, Deb, how many times have you been actually reading my word and just the presence of Mm. just my presence, who I am just overwhelms you to the point of tears. And so I just shared that with her and I said, you know, I think that, um, you know, you're just encountering the almighty God. And wow. that was just through nothing but the word, mm. you know, and the power of the word of God. And so that just has always kind of stuck with me. Just a reminder that, man, that's enough and it's powerful. Yeah. 
Amen. So we're thankful here in our context that we do have resources. It's good to have resources. And, and Deb, I'm sure you're appreciative of resources. You said mm-hmm. you're appreciative of resources. But but as believers, we, we believe a couple of things. We believe, one, that the Bible is sufficient. And so, Trey, when I say the Bible is sufficient, that means it's enough. That's it's exactly enough right. to, to, to lead us to walk with God and to know God and to understand His will. The Bible is sufficient. It is enough. And not only is the Bible sufficient, it is clear, right? And mm-hmm. we call it the doctrine of clarity, uh, that, that anybody can pick up the Bible and begin to read it. And, and while there are lots of things in the Bible that might be hard to grasp or difficult to understand, the Spirit is able to bring clarity in those places where He wants to bring clarity. You can pick up the Bible and you can understand that Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again. You can understand the gospel, right? You don't need to go to a commentary to figure that out. God makes those things clear in His Word, and it is. It's amazing when you see someone open Scripture and just read the Scripture, and God brings life to that person through His Word. I mean, so, yeah, just that reminder that we all need that really the Bible is enough. And if we would just study it with a desire to know God and to walk with God, how might God speak to us if we came to him just with the understanding, God, that your word is sufficient. It's enough and it's clear. You're able through the power of your spirit to illuminate my heart so I might know who you are through your word. It's a good lesson. I like it. So actually, if you were on a desert island, you would want a Bible. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, most definitely. You know, everybody says, what are the three things you would bring? <laughs> so the Bible would definitely be one of them. Um, well, the Word is enough, but we also need believers. I think uh, it's not just a private relationship we have with God. Uh, just even you getting along with that, uh, that believer, uh, cultural believer in the Middle East there. Um, but you also say that you need the body, his church. Now, how, how is that working in, in the East for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I've been in contexts where, like I said, you know, church is me hanging out usually. And, um, and then I've been in other contexts where I've been fortunate to have others, you know, other expats that are living abroad. And, and what is an expat? Our, our people don't know that word. I do, but <laughs> explain that. It's uh, someone who's living in a culture that's, it's not their own, basically. So an expat would be, you know, like an American living in a foreign country. But it could be a European or British. It could be a European, could be British, yeah, Australian, from anywhere. So just kind of living in countries not your own. Um, So yeah, I've been in different contexts and I realized uh, I have a tendency, you know, being used to being on my own at places. And so you tend to become independent and strong in your own way. And so think you can do things on your own. And I think I learned that um, in one particular place, I live in the Middle East, just encountering opposition. And I did try to you know, go at my own. And I didn't have as many close, um, close believers that I could, could Mm. relate to and share my struggles with and stuff. And so then it did result in greater opposition and a harder time working through Mm. things. And then I learned later when I was in a different context, um, again, experiencing opposition, but I had a strong team, a strong body Mm. around me. And when I learned to rely upon them, to share with them, to allow God to use them in my life, I realized the importance of that and how that changed how I handled the opposition and what kind of the result that came out of it. When I allowed myself to, to open up, when I embraced just having the body of Christ with me. Mm-hmm. And I shared my struggles with them, allowed them to pray with me, strengthen me. I just shared with my struggles with them. Cause you know, when you're working out in the world, you know, the people you work with may not understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. but when you get with like-minded believers, um, we understand, you know, what the true purpose and goals are in life. And so that just kind of really changed, changed the way that I walked through, um, conflict mm-hmm. and just some difficult times. Mm-hmm. So I think the body is very important. Yeah, it definitely is. So, so question, 
living in context where there were many times that you did not have you know, a a faith family, that you did not have a local church like we might have here in the States. Maybe you might have had another believer, but sometimes you were all alone in in different contexts. What would you say to encourage people who live in the States where, especially in our culture, right here in Charleston, where there's a a, a church on every corner and and not only a church on every corner, in our area, there's lots of good churches, lots of good Bible-believing churches that that teach the Word. And uh, what would you say to believers in the States who have the ability to be at a good Bible-believing church. And based on your experience, how would you encourage believers here in their uh, commitment to the local church? Yeah, I think it's, um, again, not taking for granted mm. what God's blessed us with here in the States. And I think it's important not just to not just to go on a Sunday to you know hear the preaching or participate in the, the worship music, but it's important to get involved. And you get involved by getting into smaller groups. I mean, when you're in a large group of people, you're not going to be able to share life as much. Um, teaching and and worship is important. I think there's also an aspect to our walk with Christ that we do need other believers to walk alongside of. And I think that's where, whether it's um, joining a small Bible study group or a you know a group that meets in homes during the week and whatever kind of faith family that you're a part of, but to get in get plugged in further, whether it's a, you know, the Northwood Life Connection Groups, you know, getting involved in those, because that's where you get to know people, that's where you have true fellowship, and that's where you learn to walk together in your faith, which you don't have probably during the week when you go out to your job Mm. and go different, do different things. Now, let me change direction just a bit, okay? So, in Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to believers, right, you are salt and light. You're salt and light in this earth. So, you've been in context different than the states where there's a a church on every corner you've been in context where there is no i guess visible church right there's not a church on the corner there might be believers there but they may may or may not gather out of fear of persecution or whatever the case may be what is it like to be in a place where there is a lack of salt and light if that makes any sense what if it talk to us a bit about i guess the, the the darkness that you might have seen pervade those areas where there is no visible manifestation of a local church did you did you sense a lot of darkness i mean what was that like yeah i mean there's many yeah many places in the world where you go that don't have that presence of christ and so i think that does i think the biggest thing is that it makes it um i mean it it it, you know christ affects every area of our Mm -hmm. lives the decisions we make how we respond to different situations whether it's even checking out at a grocery store you know it kind Mm -hmm. of affects everything and i think that having knowing that there's other believers around you or a place where you can go people you can call on Mm -hmm. that get the greater picture and purpose Mm -hmm. and what we're about in life i think um that's huge and it does you see the church and the body as a way to kind of worship god together to exalt him and then to also empower and strengthen one another Mm -hmm. so that then we can go out to be salt and light and you do make a difference like that and i think that's more noticed when you're able to be fueled by by other believers Mm, mm, mm. yeah so again i think what deb says is important just not taking for granted that Mm. that we live in a place that there's a lot of light Mm -hmm. i mean there are lots of good churches and and there's just an opportunity to be a part of the light where where you know in the context deb has been in uh she was shining on the light in some ways solo alone right Mm -hmm. it's just having that group of believers around you to to be light together in a a dark place man just significant right i don't want us to take Mm -hmm. for granted what the church of jesus does for us Mm -hmm. when i was in Africa, for instance, there was a lot of darkness in Africa. It is the dark continent, and believe me, there's a lot of darkness, witchcraft, and other things going on. 
Um, and, but we had the church that we could run to, you know, when we felt that, that type of oppression, dark oppression. And I just, uh, I, uh, I honor you in a, in a very strong way to be able to stand strong in, in the midst of a dark, dark world. Yeah. And, um, that's a blessing to know. Um, and I guess that kind of leads us to number three, which is my life is not about me. And, uh, I guess you have to get to that point when you're uh, serving on uh, somewhere outside of, you know, uh, what we consider free, the free world. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's easy to kind of think about ourselves and, you know, that it's what I do, everything, you know, about me, what can I get? How can I benefit myself? I mean, you look at even work, how can I be promoted in my job? How can I get further? You know, it's all about me, 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 all this mm-hmm. me stuff. And I think kind of what I've learned just living around the world in different contexts is that man, it's definitely not about me. Mm. There's a, there's a greater, you know, sense of purpose when I make my decisions, you know, whatever I do, it doesn't affect just me, but it affects the people around me. And I think, uh, specifically I'm kind of reminded of just some struggles I went through just in the last couple of years living in a middle Eastern context and, um, just how having opposition come against me and really getting at a point where, Many people, even believers, are like, you know what? You could totally walk away from this. Mm. I mean, this is kind of insane. This is crazy what's going on. You know, even just a lot of people could see the fact that, yeah, you can just walk away and leave this. And I had um, a good friend, uh, another brother in Christ, and he was just challenging me. He said, you know what? You're in a really tough place, and right now, everybody's watching you. Mm. Wow. They're waiting Mm. to see how are you going to respond. And sure, I could have walked away, and people would have still been fine with that. I wouldn't been looked down upon it anyway, but I knew that God was wanting me to stay and to persevere mm-hmm. and to endure. Not, not for me. I mean, yes, I grew through that. My faith grew deeper. I was strengthened. I learned a lot, but there were things that he was doing, is doing in people's lives as a result of my obedience to his leading to stay and persevere mm-hmm. and do the crazy hard thing. It didn't make sense. And because I realized, you know, it's not about me. If it's about me, shoot, I'm on a plane. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. this is nuts. Exactly. But um, but because it's about how can I know Christ as much as I can in this life and be obedient to whatever He leads me to do, whether it's in a village in South Asia or in a large city in the Middle East or dealing with opposition or whatever it might be. Um, you know, how can I know Him as much as I can, and how can mm. I be obedient to? wherever he has me in life. And then through that to see how he is honored and exalted. And then even through my walking through a difficult time and persevering, you know, a lot of my friends who are, you know, don't know the, you know, the don't know Christ and how they've even seen through that. They're like, wow, I don't know how, you know, how you did that or just the way that you responded, you know, you said I would have been out of there, you know, I just, the, every, your response along the way was just one of integrity and just how people recognize that right. and how that is, you know, affords opportunities mm-hmm. to share of the hope that is within you. Mm-hmm. So and when so. you were in, in the Middle Eastern context, you were coaching ladies basketball, that was your career. That's, so you were obviously in a secular environment with, with people who did not know the Lord. Did they know that you were a woman of faith? They knew that you were a believer in Jesus? Most of them? Some of yes, them? Yes, I mean, you don't hide the fact that you're... Yeah. Yeah. Don't hide the fact that I'm a Christian, but you're not out. You can't be. Right. I understand. So that, that by the fact that they knew that made your life even more unique, right? 
Yes. I mean, many times they, I think like, like Trey, you said that, you know, you're an American, but you want to be known as a follower of Christ first and foremost. And so I think, especially when you live in cross-cultural settings, people look at you as different first and foremost, because you are from the West or, you know, you are American. And so just highlighting instead the fact that you are a follower of Christ and that's what makes me different. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and they do see that in those differences. And so living as uh, a woman in the Middle East, coaching a ladies basketball team, uh, where a lot of those ladies knew that you were a believer, that that obviously automatically puts you up against some opposition in a culture that is not Christian, correct? Yes. I mean, maybe possibly similar to what you'd experience in different contexts in the States too. Yeah. I mean, in a different well, And that's my system. question. I mean, if, as you come back and you're thinking about people here who are working in uh, secular jobs, maybe not as in environments quite as hostile as the Middle East towards Christianity or whatever the case may be, but, but how would you encourage someone who works in the secular workplace in the States to live a life that's not about me, even when it might cost them something on their job? I think, again, it just, you know, goes back to being in the word, being solid, being surrounded by, you know, by like-minded believers and a faith family that can encourage you. And then being constantly reminding yourself of that your confidence is in Christ mm. and who you are. And I think um, I'm always reminded of my, my favorite Bible story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm. and how they stood up to the king when they were being oppressed. And their response was, you know, we don't have to defend ourselves before you because the God we serve is able. Mm-hmm. You know, I recognize my confidence is in God. I know that he can do this. He can deliver me this. I'm going to be obedient to whatever he leads, you know, but at the same time, even if he doesn't, you know, I'm still with him and he's the one I'm still pursuing, Amen. you know, even if it results in heart losing my job or a hard time, you know, mm-hmm. going through this one thing, it doesn't matter. I'm still with him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the core of who I am. And I think that's a important thing wherever we are in yeah. life to remember what is our core, what's our foundation, yeah. what do we stand on? Yeah. Yeah. And letting that shape who we are and what we do, right? That no matter the context you are in, uh, that that your context does not um, eliminate the responsibility that God has given you to live for him wherever you are. Exactly. No matter the context, no matter what it might cost you, uh, whatever your job might be, your job description remains the same, to live faithfully for the Lord, to be on mission for him wherever you are, right? And I think that's yeah. a lot of what we've had when we've had guests in. We've wanted to encourage people, you know, because we're not just talking about being a pastor or being a minister. We're talking about how do we live it out in in this world. So there's someone out there right now that's probably struggling that's listening to this podcast. What's what's a good word maybe from the Word of God or maybe from your own self? How could they uh, just get through this part that they're going through right now, standing as a believer in Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, one of my I think my life verse would be Joshua 1 9 and it's where God's commissioning Joshua to go out and to be where he's placed him and to walk through some hard times and he said you know have I not commanded you be strong and courageous Mm -hmm. do not be terrified do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and I just I've clung to that everywhere I've been in life kind of reminding just the reminder that you know God's got this and it's not about me you know, he's given me everything I need for life and godliness and to yeah. be successful in this life through his word. And, you know, when I have the having the body around me to strengthen me and encourage me, you know, go to the right places, the right sources and find your strength and ultimately be reminded of where our strength comes from yeah, and the like core said, of who we are. Yeah, like you've said a couple of times now, be strong and courageous, mm-hmm. not because you are strong and courageous, right? <laughs> exactly. But because God is with you. That's right. That's the source of our strength and, and mm-hmm. courage. I mean, it's not mustering it up. It's because... 
the one who rules and reigns over the universe is living inside of you mm-hmm. making you strong and courageous. Well, Deb, yeah. thank you so much for coming being a part. Yeah, we appreciate this opportunity. <laughs> Just hear your heart and hear what uh, the Lord's doing. And uh, we need to be praying for you as you continue to see where the Lord has you. So yeah, uh, we'll be you. doing that as well. Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us out? Yeah, we do hope this has been an encouragement for you today. And we hope that, you know, as you've listened today, you've been encouraged to be strong and courageous as the Lord empowers you and that you would be, you know, just convinced over and over again that the word of God is enough for you, that he is sufficient, that you need his body and that you would just constantly recognize that life is not about you. It's about the one who gave his life for you. Hey, we hope this has blessed you. And if it has blessed you, we want you to help us out. Leave us a review, uh, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, By doing those things, you'll get new content delivered to your device every single week and you'll help get the word out as you leave a review and share this with your friends. And as always, we hope that this episode of this podcast has helped you connect faith to life.